Okay, so Sal, let's really go into, because you had choices to make. So you didn't go back to your doctor because you were told, you were informed by somebody very informative that not to do that. So you went to a neurologist. Went to a neurologist in um, Texas, surprisingly. You would think, living in, you know, Illinois, that, oh, well, there's got to be a doctor. They were, they were so far and few between that we're acknowledging this. As far as even insurance companies weren't covering it. We need to take money from our 401k because I went to um, Baylor University in Texas, and they wouldn't even touch this. They would not because now who's responsible? Dow Corning. It, was such a, it became such a big deal. Who's going to pay for all these women now that are sick? Should the insurance companies be paying? So we were like right in the right in the floating area of trying to figure out what to do. So we took ten thousand dollars out of his four hundred one k, and I remember getting on the plane. I remember the day I told my husband, I said, "What if?" I was so tired of not finding out what was going on. I said, "What if this isn't the right place?" And he said, "This is exactly where you need to be." So um, I left three of my um, small children at the time with my mom, and I went to uh, Baylor University. And I remember sitting in the office, and I remember there was a sheet where you have to like mark all your symptoms. And I looked at the sheet, and every one of my symptoms was right there. And I remember crying, and not because I was scared. There was just the sense of finally, finally, that that somebody's going to acknowledge that this is why I'm sick. Then we go into the office and he starts doing, and I was very weak. I couldn't even squeeze their, their hand. Now this is coming from a, a woman. Yes. Exactly. So yes. And, and this woman is a CrossFit connoisseur <laughs> now to look at you. And I remember um, the doctor looked at my husband and said, do you know how sick your wife is? And he says, I do. And I just was sobbing. It was just such a relief to get the acknowledgement of what I already knew. What I already knew. I knew I was in the right place. In that hospital, I met three floors of sick women. Wow. And it's almost an underground of women because it's such a private issue. It's not something somebody goes to meet somebody and says, hey, I have breast implants. That's not how it works. That's why it's been go it had went on for so long because it's a private issue. And because it's an autoimmune issue, you would think breast implants, they just pop and they're gone and there's a problem. No, it's a, you are dying from the inside out. That is the only way to explain it. So after meeting all these women with my personality, I'm like, oh my goodness, look at all these women. We need to talk. So I would try to, to get all these women together in this little support group. Well, this poor doctor, Dr. Panton, is trying to do his own study. And he needed to do different but the same tests on specific women. So when we got together, hey, hey, Susie, did you have that tester? No, well, why didn't I have that tester? So then we made the doctors... You know, because then the women, the doctor was going, the women would be like, well, why didn't I have the same test as Laura? And he'd be like, Laura, you got to stop. You can't, you women can't be talking. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We need to talk. Do you realize the suffering? I had met women, many of them way older than me, implants for years and you're sick for years. They had lost their husbands. They had lost their jobs. A lot of the women got them for their husbands. When they got sick, bye-bye. Women living in their cars. Women that had seven sets of implants. Doctors totally, oh, this is rare. I've never seen this before. Seven different ruptures. Seven different capsules left in their body. When an implant's put in your body, your body ceases as a foreign invader. So it builds a capsule around it. That capsule's your friend. So let's go back to what my surgeon was going to take out in his office, which would have killed me. I was already having an autoimmune response from my silicone which gel bleeds. Remember, it doesn't need to be ruptured. So now your body has this capsule. That is your friend. What my surgeon was going to do in the office was cut through the incision, which was underneath, pop that capsule, that thing that's my friend, implant ruptured or not, going to rupture my implant and take the implant out and leave the capsule in. Now the foreign, in, the, the, the silicone that's leaking from the implant is in that capsule. That's your scar tissue. 
that's that was saving it from from going it still goes out of the shell but pretty much keeps it contained he was going to rupture because in their mind if silicone doesn't make you sick what's the difference if we leave the capsule in and i would have never have gotten my health back ever so the proper way to remove an implant i my implant was taken out by a microvascular surgeon at baylor university after three weeks of testing to prove i had silicone adjunct breast disease along with thousands of women thousands of women suffering from this illness so what he did let's picture that capsule and it's an egg so what he did was scrape now at the point we didn't know if my implants were ruptured and mammogram will not even tell if anything a mammogram could rupture it but that's for a whole nother subject so what he did suspecting because of how sick i was that they were ruptured so he went outside that capsule like an egg you take it out you remove the capsule with the implant inside, five-hour surgery. Did you hear? Five-hour surgery. My doctor was going to take it out in a half hour in his office. Wow. It is because I got the proper care I needed from my silicone adjuvant breast disease that my health, I got my health back. So five hours scraped me from, from top to bottom to make sure he removed as much silicone as possible. My implants were not ruptured. My illness was, was from the gel bleed, which the companies do. All the documentation was there. Back in 1990, there was a woman named Marion Hopkins, and she was very, very ill from her Dow Corning silicone implants. And it doesn't mean that Dow Corning is the only one that's bad. Sure. Mentor, there's many more. They make the same implant just by a different name. It's not one's better than another. Um, and she sued Dow Corning. And the only way that she would, she would um, settle was if the gag order was lifted on what Dow Corning knew when they knew it. Was her home. And it happened. All this documentation went to David Kessler, the commissioner of the FDA, back in 1990. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. There is something seriously wrong. And that's when the moratorium was lifted to take the silicone implants off the market until more studies were done. Well, guess what? Dow Corning has a lot of money. So any fire anybody started, they were able to put out. So now we're in the year 2018. Flip forward. Silicone breast implants are back, back on the market. And saline, which is a whole other host of issues, um, there's a second generation of sick women. Second generation. and But because now we have media, women are able to connect. Sure. So we're getting more um, informed information of what the truth is. Not getting it from doctors, far and few between still. Um, definitely different than 27 years ago when I was going through this. Um, so let's fast forward. I'm sorry, I'm bouncing around here. No, so my implants were taken out. Um, and I remember being so scared, so scared after meeting three floors of sick women that will never get their health back, ever get their health back. And I remember the next day, it, and I know this sounds unbelievable, uh, guys, but it happened. Um, it was like somebody took the cloud out of my brain. Mm. It was like all of a sudden I could see. Mm. It was like they took the filter off the window. I, but when something's poisoning your body, when mm -hmm. you're that toxic... When you have that much toxic overload and it's completely removed, you know, the body, the human body is a miracle. Yeah. And it can happen that fast. So to someone like me, that makes logical sense. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. So when the, a doctor, um, Dr. Patton, the neurologist, walked in and I just looked at him and I'm like, what happened? What? And he looked in his exact words. You are one of the lucky ones. He said, um, your age, your health, and the amount of time you have them in 
you are going to be okay. Um, it is like taking logs off a fire. He said, we took the logs off that fire and your immune system was strong enough because of your health to just slow down. Mm. So I left that hospital and left these three floors of sick women knowing that they will not never have that. And I promised them that I would be their voice and I would speak for them. And I came home with all this information, all the documentation of what Dow Corning knew, um, the studies that were done to prove that this was happening. It was just, it overwhelmed me. It took over my life. And I thought, I have to make a difference. I was given a gift, and I got my health back. So Is I it safe to say you felt like you were saved? I was saved. I was saved. And I needed to do something with it. And I, I was not too proud to come out and I had breast implants. That did, it happened for a reason. And it wasn't something I thought about my whole life. It wasn't like, it wasn't, oh, I had low self-esteem because of my breast. They were cute. They're little. They're adorable. I don't trip on them. They're cute. <laughs> you know, my husband's a blood guy. Sorry, TMI. But, he, he, you know, he loved me. He would love me without my legs. It right, didn't matter. Right. So I came home and I was empowered. I was empowered to speak the truth. It is because of women that I got my health back. And 